hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. Those of you who are brand new, we appreciate you. Uh, please stick with us. We have a, a good podcast for you today, I believe. Uh, questions for Jeremiah. This has been something we've done, I think, three times, maybe four, something like that. <clears throat> I'll make sure I put it in the the, uh, the title so you know how many times we've done this, just in case you're keeping track. There are others like this, but none quite the same. Because why? Because I take the questions that you all are asking me. And, uh, you know, I, tr I try to pick ones that I think are interesting. Um, you know, as we go, uh, this this could morph into something else. I'm open to that. For those of you watching on Rumble and YouTube, just a sidebar, it's a little washed out. We, you know, we're dealing with some summer sun things, and it's uh, making the lighting kind of funny. And I've got the uh, shades as closed as possible and it's still creating some of this this bleached out look so i apologize for that but it's okay because the most important thing is the content and we're going to bring you some good content the question for today is in your recent podcast called child trafficking you said doing nothing is something so I'm glad you highlighted that. I appreciate that. I think that's one of those, those really interesting concepts in our, in our culture. Oftentimes we say, stay out of people's business. It's none of my business. It's none of your business. And at the end of the day, our choice to do nothing is a choice to do something. And so it's kind of neat that we get to pick that apart. And it's kind of neat that it was brought to me. So thank you for that. The question goes on to say, what can I do about child trafficking or anything like it if I don't know what to do? And that's a great question. Uh, you know, as I was looking at this question, I'm, I'm kind of going, yeah, like, what do I do when I don't know what to do? And for me, as a clinical counselor, I go back to the basics. The basics are, are, are almost always something like this. Gather information, process, process that. So it's assess, gather, assess decide that means to make a decision it's like a decision at that point that's where we're going to get to the do nothing do something okay we make a decision and then we reevaluate and it's a cycle it's a, a very clear cycle gather assess decide reevaluate gather assess decide reevaluate and when in doubt i jump into that so I'm going to go through that process with you real quick. I'm going to help you see how I would do this in the clinical world. And then you get to decide because ultimately I make recommendations. You make decisions here at Healthy Perspectives. We're all about empowering you, empowering you to do a better job of being you, being authentic, caring about the things that you care the most about and doing that in a way that's good and healthy for the people around you as well as yourself. So number one, gather gathering information really breaks down into two categories. It's not all that diff. I mean, it's okay. It's super difficult, but it's not all that difficult conceptually. Number one, we look at internal factors. Number two, we look at external factors, right? When we gather information, we got to gather what's really going on out there 
and what's really going on in here. Why do I have so much energy on this particular topic? So when I go to do a topic of child trafficking, for those of you who followed that one in particular, you might have noticed there was a lot of uh, me in it because that is an internal thing for me in many ways. So I assessed a lot of the internal stuff. Why? Because I've been intimately involved in that arena in multiple situations in my life. Uh, there's, you know, from, from working with gang members, as I brought up in that particular podcast to, you know, working with adolescents, teenagers in, in residential type settings, you know, look, I, I I've made lots and lots of mistakes in my life, but I can tell you very few of them have been because I was unwilling to do something. And that's the way I live my life. I, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm going to get to that later on, but internal is what happens if I do nothing? What happens if I do something? Can I live with one more than the other? Right? That's, that's, it's step one for me is in the gathering information is which one would I be more, uh, you know, I'd feel more regrets for doing. That would be nothing or something. Right? And then I start to go down those paths. And I say, okay, I don't know what to do but I know I can't do nothing. And then I navigate, okay, what does something look like? And there's 20 things on the correct side and there's 20 things on the incorrect side. And I start narrowing it down. I start splitting that highway going, well, I can't do these things because I don't know how, or because I don't have the means. I have limited time, energy, and resources just like everybody else. So I start splitting it down going, okay, here's the 10, 20, 30 things that I could do. Okay. Then I look at the external stuff and I start going, okay, externally, is this really a problem? That's the next valid question, which leads me to assessing the actual issue, right? With child, child trafficking, I know it's a problem. I don't wonder, I don't think, well, maybe, and I know that internally I have the passion to care about kids. So I go, okay, internal's done, external, yes, it's a real problem. My first step at assessing, is it a real problem for those of you who aren't there yet, you aren't sure yet, is I assess victim stance. What does that mean? That means it's very important to know when we have a real victim situation. Not a, it feels like there's a victim. No, it is a victim. Because I don't want to rescue or attempt to rescue or accidentally rescue someone who is not a victim or doesn't need my support. Why? Because that's me trying to be a hero. I don't need to be a hero. If they can navigate it on their own, that's preferable. I don't want to jump into a situation, pull somebody out of a situation that they can get themselves out of because what then, what, what I'm creating in a situation like that is a dependence. If they can rescue themselves and I step in and do it, I am sending them the message, you are not capable, 
without me because I'm so important in your world. Well, that's crap. So I always, always want to assess, is there truly a victim? Now, how I do that, for those of you who are watching, I'm going to share something with you. I've shared this before. It's been a while, but I, I'm going to share it because I want you to be able to see this again. Some of you maybe for the first time, but for those that have followed me for a while, you've probably seen this before. How do I assess victim stance? Real victims in the world do not look like this. Real victims have a totally different appearance. If I see in a situation a victim, I ask myself, is there a persecutor? Is there somebody creating the victim? Is there a rescuer? Because this right here, my friends, is the victim game. This is the victim game. If the victim isn't real, then this doesn't exist. If the persecutor isn't real, this doesn't exist. And there is no need for rescuing in a situation like this. Because this is the game. Okay. I'm not going to go into a ton of the details. I've done it in the past. If y'all want more of that, I can go over it. But here's the deal. There's no real victim. There's no problem. If there's no real persecutor, there's no problem. Not in the same way. There could still be issues. And then you don't need a rescuer. Okay. How do I assess the victim in this triangle? This is really a drama thing, okay? The victim in this is somebody who actually is a victim. I'll, I'll give you a great example. It's a super easy, low-hanging fruit. If a person is raped, they are the victim. They are the victim. Because in that situation, there is somebody who has made them a victim, okay? If there is a person, this, this is going to get, for some of you, this will be a little tough. If there is a person who has willingly had sex and now they feel guilty, there is not a victim because in the external world, the victim doesn't exist. In the internal world, there is a victim. But that is different. That is, that is the victim game. In the external world, there is no victim. In the internal world, there is because they have made themselves the victim. There in that situation is no persecutor or bully or villain. There is a self-created bully or villain. Does that make sense? I hope this is all making sense. All right. If it's not, do me a favor. Let me know. All right. Because there is a big difference between the victim game, which is an internal mechanism to create an external stimulus and the victim, uh, the actual victim situation, which is an external stimulus that creates a real internal victim. Okay. 
Internal, external are very different in this. That's why I saved it for that part, the external category. All right. Hopefully that wasn't all too confusing. I know, I know sometimes these things can be difficult. All right. So wrestle with me. Uh, you can do that at HP Honest Views on Twitter. You can do that on Facebook. I have a healthy perspectives uh, on Facebook. You can go to all the links in the, uh, in the podcast description. It's all there. Okay. The victim mentality is different than the victim game. Okay, the victim mentality. We don't want people to take on the victim mentality. All right, the victim game creates the victim mentality. And then from there, you have a totally separate situation of an actual victim. And that's how we assess. We want to know, is this an internal issue with this one or two people? Or is this a real victim situation? You don't want to jump in and rescue somebody who can rescue themselves. That's why we assess that part every single time. Don't miss that part. It's super important. All right. Then we go on to step number three, which is decide. Once we believe there truly is a victim... Once we believe that there truly needs to be something done and maybe we're going to be the rescuer and maybe we're going to be the persecutor. We're going to go after the bully. I don't know. Hopefully not because I don't really like that game per se, but sometimes we need to correct the bully, the villain. We need to, we need to say, hold on, time out. We're not going to allow the trafficking to occur. Or sometimes we'll say, you know what? I'm going to go in and I'm going to help as many victims, real victims as I possibly can. It depends on where my heart is. And either of those are reasonable options. But when we decide this is, this is an important piece, we have to be open to failure. We have to know that what we do may not work. Matter of fact, we have to even know that what we do may actually cause more challenges and fail at epic levels. Why? Because when we choose to act, our influence may change the entire dynamic. I'll give you a great example of something that I've talked about in here before on this one. All right, a great example of acting is you, you opening the border. We open the border and we think people won't die as much. It'll be better. And what we find out is that that's not exactly the way it plays out. People die in massive amounts. Why? Because once the border is open, what may not have been known was that as soon as the border was open more, there was going to be a giant influx of people trying to come across the border. And many of them are going to be trafficked. We didn't know necessarily. Maybe we did. Maybe some people did. Maybe some people didn't. Maybe we thought it was a great idea at first, but we get in there and we do something, which is open the border. 
And we decide, oh my gosh, I had no idea that it was going to mean hundreds of thousands of people. And it didn't, we didn't know maybe that it was going to be billions of dollars to the uh, cartel. Maybe we didn't know that, but we acted and it was a failure of epic proportions. And we have to accept those failures and be willing to adjust. Look, failure doesn't mean we can't succeed. Actually, it's the opposite. Failure today can lead to success tomorrow. Ooh, we just learned something new. Holy crap. Well, that's not working. Let's change direction. But if we're not willing to accept failure, which, by the way, is one of my greatest challenges with the way the administration and the political world and the, all of that crap works is they're so convinced that they have to be right all the time. No, you don't. You have to be willing to say, holy crap, I stepped in it and I need to fix it because the course I'm going is unhealthy and not good. That's part of that decision process. When we get to the reevaluate, which is number four, remember, gather, assess, decide, reevaluate. We have to be open and curious. And open means we have to be open, not just to our failure, but to our success and go, wow, of the 50 things that I did, these 40 absolutely sucked. As a big picture, I failed miserably. But on a small scale, I got 10 things right. So how do I take those 10 things, keep those in place, and do something different with the other 40? Right? Minimize my risks and maximize my successes. That is what we call refine, refine, refine. In the clinical work that I do with clients, I take them through this process constantly. Sometimes they recognize it because I, I do articulate it. I just say it. And sometimes, even after I state it, they, they just go through it with me over and over until all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're doing this again. I'm like, uh-huh. It's the same process. We hit repeat and that creates growth. And over time, that creates more successes, less failures. More successes creates more confidence. More confidence creates more willingness to fail and greater strides towards our authentic and maximized person. That's what we want. Okay? Refine, refine, refine. When we reevaluate, we are constantly doing that refining process. I was once told, just as a, a little anecdote, for those of you who are in college or maybe uh, about to go to college, if you're listening, I hope you are. In that part, I, I ran into a, a, I was a, wow, I must have been a sophomore in college. And I ran into a, a, a guy who was a senior. And one of the things he said, did anybody tell you what college is really all about? And I was like, uh, I mean, kind of. I don't know where you're going. Well, like, why don't you just tell me what you want to tell me? And he goes, he goes, look, here's the thing. You have to be willing to take your old work and refine it and refine it again and refine it again. This also helps you, he said, to find your path. Because 
If you like doing the work initially, but you hate refining, that's not your path. That's, that's a hobby. If you like to create and you like to refine in a particular category, I'll give you an example for me. Computer science. I took computer science. I always, always took a fun class, and I, I thought computer science would be fun. I was good at maths and sciences and all that stuff, and I was like, yeah, let's just try it, and I really enjoyed it until I had to refine the programming that I did. I created a program, and I thought, oh, this is great, and then I went, and then you know, the instructor's like, okay, now make it better. I was like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just create the initial and let other people refine it. And yes, there's a place in that world for people like that. But for me, that was the part where I was like, well, maybe this is more of a hobby than a career because I'm not all into that. Where I have no issue refine, refine, refine is in growing myself and helping others grow. I love that part of the process. And I found a home here at Healthy Perspectives, doing podcasts, doing clinical work. I love it because it's a refining that I enjoy doing. I love setting the foundation. I love refining both myself and others. So refine, refine, refine. And it starts with being curious. You've got to be curious. You've got to be open to failure. You've got to assess. You've got to gather internal, external. All of these things have to happen. And being cyclical, being cyclical is really cool because it circles right back and it starts all over again. Sometimes it's a new category. Sometimes it's the same category. But it just goes and it goes and it goes. So let's go specific to child trafficking because I do want to answer this specific. You know, it said, it said uh, the question was in your recent podcast called Child Trafficking. You said doing nothing is something. So they were referencing specifically child trafficking. And so I'm going to just go into this. When, when we go into uh, child trafficking, uh, here's, here's my, my three-piece takeaway. All right. Three pieces. That's it. Number one, ask questions specifically at public meetings. Find out what's happening in your area. Right? Why? Because you may not be able to make a difference on the national scale, but you might be able to make a difference in your neighborhood. So that would be places like school board meetings, city council meetings, county board meetings, shelters. There's four possibilities of public meetings that are often held where you can just gather information, ask questions. It could be questions as simple as, do we have child trafficking here? And if so, what are we doing about it? Very simple question. It's one that says, I don't know what I'm doing, but maybe you do. Let's find out what they say. And that will open up the doors, okay? I guarantee doors will open in that category. So those four areas, that same question. Go to public meetings, school board meetings, city council, county board meetings, go to shelters and ask, is there a child trafficking issue? And if so, what are we doing about it? Boom, done. Okay, number two, ask questions at your church. If you don't have a church, go to local nonprofits or maybe walk into a church, any church. I don't care if you're not religious at all. Walk into a church and say, is there child trafficking in our area? And if so, do you know anything about it? They'll help you. You don't have to be religious to go into a church. 
Now, if they, the doors are locked, don't go into the church. If the doors are unlocked, go into the church and just come across somebody and just say, hey, is there a pastor or is there somebody here who's a leader or like some kind of leader guy or girl? Like, I just want to talk to somebody about something. And they'll point you in the right direction. Okay, just walk in. All right, they often do know about this stuff. Okay, number three, ask questions with coworkers. Now, you might be going, wait a minute. That might be pushing some boundaries. Maybe. Uh, you have to assess your environment, make sure that it's conducive to that environment. But let's say you're in a hospital or you're in a, 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 a construction business or you, you're, you know, you're the local owner of a salon. You know, you can ask clients, hey, like, you know, did you ever see that movie Sound, Sound of Freedom? Do you know anything about child trafficking? Is that really even a thing here? I mean, you could do that kind of stuff. It's not over the top. It's, it's reasonable. So ask questions of coworkers. And here's why I say those three categories, public meetings, churches, coworkers. Because if nothing else, the simple fact that you are asking questions raises awareness, not just for you, but for others. You may find somebody knows a ton of stuff and you might be, wow, if I didn't ask that question, I would know nothing. I would be lost in the sauce still. So even if it doesn't bear a lot of fruit, asking questions of people you know can often raise awareness. You never know. You may ask a question. That person may go and ask 10 people that question and then come back to you and say, um, you know how you brought up that, that question about this? I was really excited to come back and see you because I didn't know anything about it, but I asked some people and holy smokes, I didn't know. Right down here on the, the boulevard, there's, you know, there's kids being trafficked. And, and the funny thing is, I didn't, like, I drive by them all the time. And I had no idea. Because I'm not pulling over and picking up a kid. I'm not, I'm not seeing the, 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 the pimps and the, you know, I, I, I just, I'm oblivious to it. But now all of a sudden, I see it. It's right here in our backyard. What? If you hadn't asked me that, I wouldn't have even noticed. And it raises awareness. This is a good thing. Now, that example that I just used, just as a sidebar, who's on the dollar bill? Who's on the five? Who's on the hundred? Who's on the 20? Do you know? I say that because sometimes we are oblivious to the most common things in our world. What kind of a pen do you use? Do you know the name of it? Where, you know, when, you, when you drive by and you look at cars. Here, I, I'm going to mess with you here for a second. This is like a, a, a mental health factoid for you. Okay. I want you to go drive by a, 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 a car dealership. And I want you to notice a particular type of vehicle. I want you to... Pin it in your brain. Be like, oh, wow, I really like the, uh, uh, the, the GMC Yukon. What a car. All right, that's an SUV. Uh, and now start to notice 
how much you notice it driving on the road. <laughs> it's a weird thing. But we once we bring these things into our forefront, into our complete consciousness, we see them more often. I say that because that raising awareness is really, really important, which is why I'm doing this podcast. It's to raise awareness, not just of this topic, but of all the things that I talk about. I want to raise awareness. Will I solve all the problems? I mean, let's see. No, 100% no. But if I raise awareness, is that doing something? 100% yes. That's, it helps me sleep at night. Helps me, me do better in my day-to-day knowing that I am contributing to the increased awareness of reality. Not what you want, not what I want, but reality. And that's a good thing. Hopefully this answers that question. Bring me more questions, folks. You'll go, go to the links in my, my podcast. They're all in there. Uh, click on them. Uh, you know, there's, I've been having some trouble with that actually. So just, just know that if, if it's not a link that you can click on, I apologize. YouTube has been giving me some difficulties there. Uh, I think rumble's got it down. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's in all of them. You may have to copy and paste. All right. I know it's an extra step and I apologize if it's doing that to you still, but please go in there, send me questions. You can do that through my email at healthy perspectives at protonmail.com. Uh, you can, you can do my website at, uh, healthy dash perspectives.com. So there's just, it's healthy perspectives with a dash in between. Uh, it was, it was what was available. So, you know, you, you do what you gotta do folks. And let's see, send me more questions. All right. Just send me questions. If I get, you know, 50 or 60 questions, I'll pick through. And if I get a particularly large amount of really good questions, maybe one of these days I'll come in and do a bunch of questions being answered and I'll answer them instead of drawing it out like this and giving you all this detail. Maybe I'll just get a little more specific to that question. Um, I'm, I'm open to going where this thing is, is needing to go. So bring me what you got. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great day. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like subscribe and follow all the podcasts on different platforms, but you can also email us at healthy perspectives at protonmail.com, or you can check out our website at healthy dash perspectives.com slash podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy dash perspectives.com, you'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much.